Welcome to Sunday Morning Live Fellowship. We air live every Sunday morning. The meeting ID is notated on your podcast page. Now turn with me, please, to Luke chapter 2 and verse 12. While you are finding our scripture, I just gotta talk about the weather you know you wonder what people in michigan talk about we spend most of our time talking about the weather here in northern michigan oh the snow the snow the snow i have to shovel snow before i leave for work because when i get home i'm not going to want to shovel it at night and it's not as fluffy now on friday i shovel before i left and by the time i was on my way home It was raining buckets. I mean, it was really raining. Only in Michigan. It's not supposed to rain in December. Mm. So by the time I get home, I've shoveled so well, I step out of my car and I step into a puddle of slush and mud. Now, when I get into the house, I have tracked mud all over the house. There is mud all over my boots. Y'all down there in the south want to move to Michigan? There's mud everywhere, beloved. I just got to say, this life is messy. It's just messy. Let's read our scripture now. Luke chapter 2, verse 12. This, this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. My God, we thank you for your word. So often we approach it casually. (laughs) We read it, but don't really take in what we're reading. We miss the message of your spirit. And this verse that we have read year upon year upon year, Christmas programs and never really gotten the point in every word, every jot, every tittle of your word has meaning and is infused by the Holy Spirit. Now speak to us today. What a mess. As we read, oh God, this verse of scripture where the Son of God was born. Now let us see the meaning behind your word let us see the meaning behind the things that are going on in our lives let us not discount any detail large or small we thank you oh god we are just exploding with praise today as we consider how bad things could be But you are still in control. They could be so much worse. But you are in control. We must say thank you because they could be worse. Even this recent virus, which more than likely is airborne. But it's not doomsday because the symptoms are mild. What a mighty God we serve. You are in control. You get all the glory. And if all of us, oh God, realize that we are under the protection of your hand, we would throughout the day just be saying, thank you. Thank you. 
Oh, we're not looking at the problems. Thank you because you're good and you are in control. Now, God, we pray that you would touch your servant. Oh, God, that it would be all of you and none of me. Oh, God, ride upon every word that has been prepared. Take the reins, Lord. We thank you, God. We pray for every name that was called on our prayer list. Oh, God, comfort their hearts, strengthen their minds, heal their bodies, bless their caretakers, bring salvation in the name of Jesus, in Jesus' name, amen. This will be a sign to you. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. I want to use for a topic this morning, Merry Christmas. Mm-mm, I didn't say Merry Christmas. Mass. I said Merry Christmas. Mess. Merry Christmas. <laughs> I can imagine that Mary, the mother of Jesus, felt disheartened as she pressed through the stages of pregnancy, the end of a pregnancy to Bethlehem. She had to travel from Nazareth to Bethlehem, which was about 80 miles. And the only person that we can see she had with her was Joseph. Where is her family? Where is his family? They all had to go and complete the census as well, but no one was accompanying this divine couple. And then when they get to the city of Bethlehem, you know how the story goes. There is nowhere to give birth but a stable with barn animals. There is no room at the end. I, I can imagine that as Mary delivered Jesus, did she wonder why didn't God intervene? Why is this birth so hard? Everything about the birth was ordinary. I, and that means that she just gave birth. It was messy. We, 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 we tried to make the birth as though it was anything but messy. But every ordinary birth is messy, bloody. That's how babies are born. And the birth of Jesus was very typical as well. Messy, human. And now the baby is born and Mary has to ask the question, where am I going to lay him? Usually there are relatives that you are surrounded by and they're fighting to hold the baby. But Mary was only surrounded by Joseph and barn animals. They both were exhausted. And the only place they could see to lay the baby was a manger. A crude feeding trough for animals. It, it was the best that they could do under the circumstances. I wonder what Mary thought as she placed what she thought was supposed to be the son of God in a manger. 
Was she even hesitant to put him there? Did it feel safe? Did Joseph have to shoo the animals away? Because they were coming in search for food. Did seeing the manger, as they saw the manger, did it even heighten the desperation of their situation? As she watched her sleeping baby, did she wonder if this was really, is this really what God had planned? And then the shepherds arrived that had heard the announcement from the angels. The shepherds arrived and the shepherds were the, yeah, the visitors were shepherds, the lowliest members of society. They didn't smell good. They didn't look good. The shepherds were her visitors. But when the shepherds arrived, they proclaimed what the angels had told had happened, the news, the good news. And when they told Mary and Joseph that the angels proclaimed that the sign for the Son of God being born, the sign would be a manger. That must have encouraged Mary. That was her confirmation. She thought she was on the right track, wrong track. She thought she had missed God. But the shepherds confirmed that the manger was the sign. That's what the angel said. This will be a sign for you. The baby will be lying in a manger, a manger. This was messy, a manger. It was dirty. It was smelling. A feeding trough for animals was the very sign that God used the shepherds to show them where the savior of the world would be laid. I want to tell someone this morning, God ordained your mess. Yeah, 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 yeah. Your life is falling apart, and how you always seem to have to go through the same thing over and over again. God ordained your mess. See, signs in the Bible are significant. I remember Gideon, he had a sign, he put the wet fleece down, and then the wet fleece turned dry, and vice versa. Hezekiah had a sign when God turned the shadow backward. Ace has had a sign that a virgin would conceive. All of these were miraculous, extraordinary, unnatural, out of season signs. In other words, what's it doing raining in December? A lot of times God gives you a sign that is out of season and we discount it as disaster and God is trying to tell us something with the mess that we are going on right now. And no no doubt Mary as she laid the baby in the manger, it didn't feel right. It was out of season. More than likely, she said to herself, this cannot be right. But God sent Mary an amazing sign, an amazing 
confirmation. One that would get her through every other mess that she'd have to go through in the path from the manger to Calvary. In other words, the manger had been God ordained all along. Some of you might feel like you've been forgotten based upon what you're going through. But God is in control of every area of your life. You are not a mistake. Your life is not a mistake. And God has ordained a sign for you. Mary needed a sign. Nothing felt right. Everything was out of sorts. She needed a sign that let her know that God was still with her. In fact, that was the baby's name, Emmanuel, God with us. We we want a confirmation in our natural world. We we think of confirmations as when things are going smoothly. Well, God must be in it. Things are going smoothly. We think we think of confirmation when things are going well, uh, when everything is wrapped up neatly in a bowl. That's when that's our that's our confirmation. But what if the confirmation in the kingdom of God is that things got increasingly hard? What if your confirmation is when things get crazy and messy. What if your confirmation is that things just got worse? What if your confirmation is when the opposite of what you expected happened? What if the confirmation is that God is with us in our messy places? What if the confirmation is a manger. When our dreams and our plans are falling apart and our life feels humble and obscure, when we were hoping for something prettier, something better, something that really smelled good, that was nice and neat, maybe you are exactly (coughs) where God wants you to be where he can use you most. So as we grieve, as I grieve in our weaknesses, as we grieve in our disappointments and losses, let us remember the manger. Our suffering may not be glamorous, No one's suffering is glamorous. I don't know about you, but my suffering is usually messy. It's messy, painful, and humbling. And yet somehow in the mess, God will get the glory. The manger highlights the way God uses our deepest pain, our deepest humiliation, the things that we wish were different, the things that we despise, those lowly things in our life, God is going to use them to bring the greatest glory. In other words, God's kingdom is upside 
down. The last will be first. The weak will be strong. The foolish shall shame the wise. Beloved, the manger, (laughs) the manger was planned. Mm, Yeah, at first you might think that it was just a fluke in the story, a random misfortune because Luke, the way we read it, the way we read it, Luke wrote, they laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. No, Mary laid Jesus in the manger because it was the plan of God. The first bed for the firstborn of the father, the son of God was not a royal cradle. It was a common corn crib. God, God had centuries to get ready for this birth. Mm. The prophet Micah, who lived 700 years prior, he prophesied that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. So God had 700 years or more to plan the details of the incarnation to arrange the arrival of the Son of God to be born in the right place at the right time and in the right way. For example, God could have, and watch that I don't get struck by lightning even using this as an example, but God could have, he could have easily arranged that a faithful virgin and a just man in the lineage of David be found already living in in Bethlehem. Why they have to live 80 miles away just to fulfill the prophecy? But instead, he chose Mary and Joseph who lived in Nazareth, not Bethlehem. And he planned for the Holy Spirit to overshadow Mary in the city of Nazareth instead of Bethlehem to solve the problem which God created the problem, God could have arranged to get Joseph and Mary to Bethlehem by some personal means. A relative could have needed them urgently. They they could have had a dream about a private uh, business matter, but God didn't do it that way. I didn't get struck by lightning. Anyway, God moved Joseph and Mary from Nazareth to Bethlehem by means of an empire-wide census. In other words, God arranged that the most powerful leader in the world would order everyone in the empire to go to the town of their origin to register. Listen to me, beloved. God, and I need to get out of God's business. I felt nervous even getting in God's business. God knows my heart. Listen, God is making a point. You think, or I think, we know what God is doing globally. Mm. You think you have figured out what's going to happen next in this crazy world that we live in. But beloved, we have no idea. God is saying, I'm putting things in place exactly the way that I planned. It's ludicrous to think that the same God who moved the whole empire to move one woman and one man to Bethlehem, 
now I'm in God's business again, couldn't arrange that a room be available at the inn. <laughs> Planning an, an, an available bed for his son was even easier than planning a global census. Oh, I'm in God's business. But Jesus was lying exactly in the place that God planned. A feeding trough. God planned it that way. And what you're going through right now God planned and God is in control of your mess. Don't forget the manger was a sign. Every baby in Bethlehem was wearing swaddling clothes. That wasn't a sign. The sign was the manger. No other king anywhere in the world was lying in a feeding trough. Find the manger and you find the king of kings, savior, Christ the Lord. That's who the angel said had been born. Jesus Christ, the Messiah, savior, delivered. He will deliver us from all of our enemies. The fulfiller of all the promises of God, the savior is Christ the Lord. Find the manger. And you will know something. Find the manger and you will know something. You will know something crucial about kingship. Find the manger and you will know this child that was born, was born to die. Mm. Philippians 2, 7 and 8 says that Jesus emptied himself. Not by subtraction of his divinity, but through the addition of humanity. He took on the form of a servant. Find the manger and you find out everything about this king of kings. He was born in the likeness of men and being found in human form. The Bible says he humbled himself lying in a manger of all places. But the manger was the beginning of 33 years on the journey of the path to the cross. In other words, Jesus went from the womb to the tomb. Now let's go from the womb to the tomb. Let's go back to Luke. Listen, listen to what the angels are saying in verse 14. As soon as the angels announced to the shepherds, that they would find the baby in a manger. <laughs> the heavens exploded with praise as soon as the angels made the announcement <clears throat> that the baby would be in a manger. All of heaven exploded in praise. Glory to God in the highest and peace and goodwill 
toward men. The Savior, the Messiah, the King of Kings is in a feeding trough. Glory to God in the highest. The Lord is in a manger. Glory to God in the highest. Amen. What a God, what a Savior. He came to save us and the manger was the first step on the downhill road to Calvary. Calvary is downhill from the manger because it doesn't get any easier, but because it ended at the cross. This king brings salvation. And this is how he saves. This is how the Messiah fulfills all the promises. This is how the Lord reigns from infinite deity to a manger with the final torment on the cross. Beloved, we must Follow Jesus sometimes. It's a lonely road. Sometimes it's a hard road. But there is no greater joy than to be on this road at this time with the Savior. The angel said in verse 10, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. Woo! This is not a little bit of joy. He says, I bring you good news of great joy. Glory to God in the highest and great joy has come. Great joy. Christmas tells us something profound about how God works in our world. God gave us a garden in the beginning to prepare us for the garden city at the end. God made the world only to remake it again with a new heaven and a new earth. God gave us the first covenant only to surpass it with the second covenant. God gave us John the Baptist to point the way to Jesus. God made a world of joys to surpass them all with the treasure that is hidden in the field of great price, surpassing with the knowledge of knowing Jesus Christ and experiencing great joy. Beloved, there must be joy before there can be great joy. We must know good before we can know better. God designated this world of joys to prepare us for the great joy of receiving Jesus Christ as our Savior. Christmas is not a small joy quarantined in Jerusalem, but a great joy that is extended and offered to all the nations. Beloved, we encourage you to connect with this great joy. It cannot be extinguished. It's too high. It's too long. It's too deep. Even for death itself cannot extinguish this great joy. Remember St. John 16 and 22. No one can take this joy from you. If you have not received Jesus Christ 
as your personal Lord and Savior, we invite you to do now by simply praying this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. I invite you to come in as my Savior. Please forgive me for the things that I have done. You died on the cross to save me. You did what I could not do for myself. Take control of my life from this day forward and help me to live my life in a way that pleases you. If you prayed that simple prayer with me, please call me at 231-349-1046 so we may discuss with you the first steps of salvation.